Pal Comic Hour with your hosts, Andrew Bloner and Chris Ramos. Tonight, we review Decorum by Jonathan Hickman and Mike Huddleston. Are you ready for this ride? Because it is a trip. Anytime we say Hickman, it's time to strap in. <laughs> stretch your legs, stretch your arms, stretch your stretch your mind. Stretch your this mind. one. Sit down. You got to find something comfortable and just sit and just absorb Hickman. He is one writer that definitely thinks of everything as a multifaceted world. Every time he writes, it's a world. It is uh, a galaxy. Great. Most of the time, everything. lately when he publishes a book or he comes out with something new, even he just took over the newest run of X-Men that just came out in the past two years. Um, he is building this world, this galaxy, this run um, from the bottom up. And he likes to be very graphical. He likes to go down and be just nerd about everything. Yeah. And I like, I mean, he's not like Brian Michael Bendis, who is another writer. He, sometimes he just writes what he wants. Right. But like Hickman, I I think a lot of people give him props because he thinks of all of the comics that have been written before him. Yeah. He draws upon stories and timelines and, you know, little instances that were never fleshed out and he picks on those pieces Absolutely. when he's writing a regular mainstream comic. But this one, Decorum, is his own creation. And it's great to see writers come up with their own creation because it's like you've got blank pages. You can do whatever you want. And yep. of course, these are all uh, his own concepts, his own yeah, creations. Uh, so this is for Image Comics. Yes. And Image is notorious for uh, creator-owned comics yeah so he gets to own the characters the concepts everything that he puts into his book which is not something that happens in the big two marvel and dc so yeah so like um, at marvel if you came up with a character and you came up with their backstory and you came up with their costume and you wrote their whole story uh you are working for marvel so marvel owns those ideas all of that yeah Yeah. you might see your name and credit line at the end of the movie yeah. or end of the show you might see that that's why i pause it and go "Ooh, ah, hey i you know might, my name you might get a walk-on scene <laughs> in the movie or you might be invited <laughs> to the premiere and things yeah. like that it's yeah. fine cool but what's cool is um so you open the book and you're going through the first few pages and you can see like who works at image like you can see Tog mcfarland president uh jim valentino mark silvestri uh eric Larson, Robert Kirkman, and the list continues on and on about the 20, 30 people that, you know, work in that development company and um, things like that. So it's really cool to see all that outline. And, it, you know, it's really cool to see those uh, people listed because it's like, obviously, Robert Kirkman um, came up with Walking Dead. Yeah. You know, Todd McFarlane, Spawn. Spawn. Um, Eric Larson, Savage Dragon. Dragon you know, yeah. all of these guys <laughs> um, have built Image Comics as a... Um, like a safe haven for yeah. writers and creators and yeah. artists. So um, that's where Image gets its strength. And we've talked about Image Comics in the past, kind of how yeah. they came to be, but it was exactly a um, collaboration and just putting uh, their foot down and saying, yeah. we want to own our work. It was like a side effect of having a huge company, corporate company, and saying, you know what? I'm a creator and I'm going to own what I create. Sure. That's all it is. It's very simple. Yeah. And um, in our pre-show, we watched a early um, younger Jonathan Hickman from 2013 do a interview at a Comic-Con. And he was talking about, I'll never be, I want to find a place and a space to 
um, do my own ideas and own my own work and uh, have to make a living at it because I can't, it's not feasible to write Silver Surfer, as he referenced, um, for 30 years and mm-hmm. uh, you know sustain that job. It's not a real thing that people retire from. And that's what his outlook was. Yeah, there's just so many different avenues you can take right now, especially in the comic book industry that you know people are taking advantage of getting their name out yeah. there. And then if you get hired at Marvel and DC, great. Uh, that's how you're building your name. And then it's just sort of like, I don't know when a band decides, you know, when a yeah. band member says, I'm going to go solo, you know, like you're building yeah. your name. That's what you're doing. For sure. And, and, and owning name your recognition and, is exactly what this and, is. Uh, and just kind of flexing your muscles and what, what you can do and things like that. So it was really cool to kind of see, I don't know, uh, we're used to, I guess, reading Jonathan Hickman in the Fantastic Four, yeah. the Avengers, and he did Secret Wars, which may or may not be coming out in the near distant future. <laughs> I really enjoyed Secret Wars by Hickman yeah. at Marvel Comics. I thought he brought sort of a fresh look on a lot of characters that yeah. have been around for 50 years. Yeah, and his first work at Marvel and the interview was teaming up with Brian Michael Bendis, which we just brought up, and uh, Secret Warriors. Mm-hmm. So that was a great concept, and he was, he got... To used to like more traditional classic style than versus like big grandiose things, I guess. So he was kind of learning how to do both as he went on, I think, and seeing what works. So I guess to sum it up, context, Hickman yeah. is a very good example of how the modern writer can like survive, sort of, but also stay um, real fluid and yeah. and have a lot of variety Irrelevant. in the comic. Yeah. yeah. And, and how do you figure it out in the comic book world? And I think he's doing a great job. Yeah. Good job, Hickman. <laughs> yeah. You know your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we approve. Talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, this uh, decorum, the story, is broken up into eight parts, eight issues, but each part is divided into chapters. So there's 20 chapters. Each chapter is ranges from three chapters a piece to two at the very end. So it's a, it's a very unique style of doing that, which um, in Hick, we we've experienced reading Hickman yeah. to know that this is what he's going for. A lot of structure. And I wouldn't be surprised if he came up with this sort of overarching, very st- structured, um, purposeful step-by-step. Yeah. Methodical. Yep. Almost. And then he kind of breaks it up a little bit here and there, but um, he really, really thinks about, you know, the characters and where they came from and what their religion is and, you know, yeah. what their beliefs are. What, what they eat for breakfast. Yeah, like <laughs> what world they're from and why that world is important and what world was destroyed and yeah. why was that destroyed and who's in charge. Yeah, you know, what, yeah, what motivates them? What 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 government do they lie on? What, what pol- politics go into play? He thinks of it all. He loves building worlds. He, he builds galaxies. <laughs> galaxies. He builds galaxies. That's what <laughs> yes. he does. Um, and so even like the first um, chapter is called And the Womanly Art of Assassination, <laughs> which that kind of goes, whoa, <laughs> okay, we're just jumping in. And so you're like, oh, okay, okay. And you kind of see this world being built up. He starts out in like, ancient times but ancient times in this world is like a far future for us it's very interesting yeah and uh, the other thing too and i think this is very hickman thing is 
he he sets up like aliens or other cultures and he's like oh um they've been on this planet for a hundred thousand years yeah it's like geez i mean it's <laughs> a long time right so he and he sets it up almost like this has been their belief forever and then of course he comes in and he kind of like tosses the dice yeah. and changes it a little bit right yeah so um it's basically these robotic beings encountering an ancient civilization and, and telling them what their beliefs are and um and whatever godly beings they believed in stuff for it's not what it's not what it seems to be and they worship basically this big diamond <laughs> in the sky yeah well and the other thing that I, I think is very hickman too is that people who think they have a lot of power and a lot of um pull and a lot of just yeah. like we are masters of our universe kind mm-hmm. of thing um he always introduces someone that's like way stronger oh sure like yeah off the scale stronger absolutely i can i can totally see where that's coming all the time from. it's like it's like wow this guy is really strong yeah, and then all of a sudden someone else walks in and it's like whoa yeah you think you're at the top of the food chain yeah there's somebody on top of that yeah and he <laughs> he does a great job of being like this civilization and this person is way above you way sure above. and i think this aspect of the story it he does kind of comment on maybe his take on religion and things like that, or maybe an aspect of it for sure. Yeah. I think he, you know, any writer kind of takes his own feelings and puts it into it. Sure. The other thing too, is that while you're reading a comic, yeah. Occasionally he'll jump into some sort of like bigger script or he'll jump into just a page that starts explaining like agriculture. Oh, sure. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah. So we proceed through this little like prologue, I would call it. And then it goes to maps. And so you're like, why do we have maps? Well, Hickman, we said, you know, he loves all this grand scaling of things. And he's like charting out and mapping this galaxy. That's a fictional galaxy. And he's kind of going saying, hey, this part of the galaxy is the Church of Singularity, the union of the frontier worlds. Um, here's some stats. Uh, here's the uh, yeah. Delius, uh, the fighting, floating world. Here's how many people live here. Yeah. Here, here's where the orbit is. We may not care about, you may not care about, but you know what? It's really cool and a nice addition to the book. It complements it so well. Yeah. I, I, I think if you, so here's, you know, in total transparency, Yep. I did not finish all eight issues. Because I slowed myself down on purpose to just say, I need to absorb this a little more than I was. Sure. And Hickman wants you to be totally absorbed into every part of this. He, he could be, a, there could be a whole page full of, of text. And yes. there's a sentence or two in there that makes um, makes an impact later in the book. Yeah. So you you do have to kind of, read all the little footnotes and read all the little subplots and read all the little uh, sentences and here. And, and to some people uh, that might feel like a lot of homework of like, okay, I just want to get in here and read this and yeah. enjoy it. But at the same time, it's almost like sitting down and watching a movie that, that is like one of those where you're like, all right, you just got to pay attention to this movie. Sure. You know, like we all have sat down or we've all told our friends like, sure, you can watch this with me, but like, listen, you got to pay attention to it because mm. every little piece here comes in. Absolutely. Uh, and we've all been through those, those books yeah. and those stories. And I guess and just to kind of contrast that, you know, you said you had to put it down and absorb it a bit. We talked about that with uh, day tripper. Day tripper was yeah. a once a, like issue a day. You were, yeah. you were told that, um, 
you know, there's different books and different writers have, you know, different methodical ways of maybe how they want to absorb this. Me personally in this journey, I read like the first two issues, put it down for a bit, let that kind of kick around and kind of decide how I wanted to continue it. I got to the third issue and then it started making sense for me and my journey. And I finished the book <laughs> because I could see where he was picking up those puzzle pieces. And I said, oh, this aspect is interesting. I want to follow that. Well, and I get that. It's a lot to lay down right away. Yes. And it's a lot to just throw on the reader because not only do you have Hickman's writing to, because nothing in here, and that's the other, yeah. <laughs> that I should say, nothing in here is familiar. No. Nothing. There is no part of it that feels like, oh, I get it. I get, I get that um, culture or I get yeah. that you know, alien. Nothing. Sure. And, and sometimes people say, oh, that reminds me of an old movie. No, it doesn't. Nothing in here yeah. is like that. I guess maybe the closest <laughs> thing would, would yeah, came to mind was maybe Fifth Element. Yeah, a little bit because it's a little wacky. It's a little wacky. So I remember like watching Fifth Element going, oh, this is a lot, but this looks cool. <laughs> and then also um, when we get introduced to the characters, I felt like um, maybe like Star Wars Bounty Hunters a bit. Yeah, a little bit. And But then on top of that, while you're still trying to like find a grounding. <laughs> grounding on top of that, the artwork is off the chart. Yes. So <laughs> I guess that's a great segue. So yeah. Mike Huddleston is the artist on this book. He does, at least in according to all the notes and everything, he does all the art in this book. We have to stress that because there are maybe, I don't know, 10 different art styles. Yeah. I was roughly. Just say, probably a dozen. Probably a dozen. Yeah. Yeah. Which some is, are painted. Yeah. Some are just rough drawn some still have the blue lines of like the the actual like background structure yeah some um, use like 3d and digital and then transpose like a, a different art like uh drawn image in the front and then it goes all black and white i mean, I mean it goes like, all black and white yeah he's, um, he's definitely do, color colors definitely a thing he wanted uh his team to experiment with and there's some collage like just collage. pieces chopped up and put in and there's like Kirby, there's like Kirby yeah. cosmic. Right, yeah. I could totally see it, but I appreciate that because you've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And so you see all these styles that you've maybe seen or read along the way and to bring it all together, it is this this the art style in this book is like you said, a very much a collage of and collaboration of all different sorts of art styles and I think it's kind of a cool experiment. And this whole book is an experiment just to try it. Well, I was I was gonna say too. It's like it's almost, you know, what Image wants. You know, Image Comics really wants people to just explore comics as uh, artistic freedom. They want the, uh, everyone to tell their own story however they want, and they don't really want to stop them and say, "Well, that's not really like how Marvel does it. Or mm -hmm. That's not really how you know. Oh, you can't show Superman that way or whatever." Image is just like, it's your vision. It's your story. Go for it. Yep. However you want it to look. And I'm sure the editors had fun with this. Book. Yeah. And I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure just Hickman being Hickman, he not only wanted to oversee the writing, I think he really, really gets absorbed into just every aspect. Of oh, it. absolutely. I mean, there's no way that this artwork just kind of appeared without him going. Yeah, that's her. Or yeah, that's how I want this to be shown. Um, that's me just sort of making my assumption and someday I'll ask Hickman that myself, but, uh, <laughs> I think that's exactly what's 
I think that's where it's headed. I mean, it's like he said, this is this is this civilization because the artwork changes based on what uh, storyline. Yes. And what um, civilization, a, culture, he, what, who is sure. telling, whose story I th- it is. I, yeah, I think the context of it and the culture, whose perspective it is, um, I think they give some sort of general direction of what's happening. Um, at least that's what, I, and that may be a feeling, and that's that's what I got out of it. Yeah, I, and I think that's right because it helps you to realize, you know, sometimes when you're um, reading a comic, they'll have it as the colors go real bland, and you're like, oh, this is a flashback or something. Sure. You know, for this, he has to change it immediately to say this is a super advanced civilization. Yeah. So that's why this is like right. 3d the, artwork yeah or all like the the purples and the blues and, and things like that very sci-fi colors yeah. when you think of and so you kind of put that in perspective you're like oh okay but um so yeah we're, we're jumping into this new world um we meet nia she's 21 um i think at the time when the book starts um we find out like her brother and maybe somebody else that in her family or something is in a cryogenic tube. So she's always looking out for her family. She's she's about she's a bounty hunter, or I think she like does collections basically. Yeah, I was gonna say she's more like a delivery. <laughs> girl, really, yeah, that's right? right. That's it. Yeah, delivery girl. Sorry, <laughs> she's evolution. like uh, delivers yeah. things yeah. across the galaxy, which is and sometimes so when, when we kind of arrived to that rule, my first instinct was Luke Skywalker when he go or somebody when he's gonna go um, or, or even Ray, yeah, Ray and uh, the Force Awakens when she goes like cash in some yep. mechanics, yeah, like she does does it for the money because she yep. just needs the money, just needs the money, and um, so like you know her boss is like, oh hey, you know I, I got a job for you, but this job is like super critical, you have to do it, but you can't look in the box. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're like, why can't I look in the box? What's the problem? No, don't look in the box. That's the whole part of why I'm paying you. <laughs> and then just to add that sci-fi element to it, it says if someone opens, tries to open the box that is not yeah. um, qualified for it or whatever, yeah. uh, that the box uh, is an atomic shell that breaks exactly. down into a singularity. So it will like, yeah, so like suck the, everything. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, that's cool. You're right. So you're like what yeah <laughs> it's not just a briefcase it's literally like a black hole that's yeah in a box and so even <laughs> you turn a page and yeah um jonathan hickman is explaining how these cryopods work and you're like do i need to know this yeah not really but do i appreciate it cool and you can kind of see like 20 uh p- person can buy a cryopod for a month uh with 20 percent interest a year for 20 percent yeah so he kind 15. of peppers that in of like all of 20 years yeah there's a way to put your loved ones or yourself into a cryopod yeah and pay like a monthly fee uh yeah. for them to stay al- alive in this cryogenic sleep until the disease or whatever they have wrong solved, with them yeah. is solved and you're like Hmm, okay. And then you go back to the story. Uh, yeah. You know? And so is it necessary to know that? Is it pertinent information? No, but it kind of puts that context of why she's trying to provide for her family. I do appreciate that. Yeah. So you wonder like, well, and the other thing they set up too is like these crowd pods are like a monthly fee, like yeah, for, yeah, forever, right, yeah. uh-huh. right? Forever. Yeah. So and like what, what happens? An arbitrary when you large amount. Yeah. Yeah. Like what happens when you can't pay it anymore? Well, they kind just, of explain stay, that. Too. Yeah. They just kind of stay on the tube. <laughs> So it's uh, it's kind of cool to learn along along the way. 
and even they have like a little he has a like a almost a pie chart or some graphical representation of street street noodles <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, like yeah. a ramen <laughs> so i was like okay all right you know, you know how that's Bla- like your favorite food no matter where yeah, she you goes. know how like blade runner had that sort yeah. of like you know futuristic uh feel where it was still like chinatown yeah uh th- this does the same thing which is yeah. really funny so you can definitely see like the influences that maybe he was kind of toying around in his head along the way which i appreciate um and so yeah she's kind of traveling in the city she's about she uh kind of goes all over the place you know trying to deliver this package and things and then we're introduced to her mentor um ingram um she's kind of this um she now she is the bounty hunter of the story i will say um she kind of does recruiting and things like that which we'll find out later um but she we kind of introduced this is like the pro this is somebody who's yeah. experienced. Yeah, and so on Hoopla, which is uh, a great app. If any, if you don't have Hoopla, you should get it because you can read comics from your local library and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Um, but on Hoopla, the um, synopsis of this story, Decorum, is there are many assassins in the mo- known universe. This is the story of the well, most well-mannered one. Yes. So you're like, oh, okay, that sounds sweet. Right. <laughs> and so when you're introduced to the two characters, Nia and Ingram, like you don't, you start to think this is who you're talking about. And then it kind of flips the script a little bit. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, a very Hickman thing. Yeah. You know, set up someone as the main character and then you realize, oh, that's not really the main character. Yeah. Story. And so you just kind of see her being a, a, an excellent, you know, a fighter, assassin, all pro very well accomplished she's like a james bond of the future female world oh absolutely yeah Yeah. um so you kind of just see that kind of go along the way um she eventually runs into nia and um she kind of saves her from uh, getting captured in a sense Mm -hmm. and her her mission kind of uh, as a delivery girl um kind of go like sideways because eventually they do open the box and they see she opens it, Ingram opens it, and this great massive weapon that she can command just <laughs> slices people up. And you're like, oh. <laughs> and, you know, we have to emphasize again that the artwork, too, like, you know, at this point, there's really no background in, the, in it, and it's all black and white. And the yeah. only flash of color is really where they want you to focus We're, on, yes. you know? So, Which is the bad guy and the weapon that was yeah. in the box. And you kind of have to think, like, how far did they really plan this out? Because it really, really artistically, um, like, guides your eye where like, right. where exactly you should like, go. Like, you can see him. You can see a, a close-up of the, his weapon, the, his gun, his pistol. And then you jump to his expression. And then just the diamond or the his weapon this magnificent weapon just come out yeah <laughs> and and it's i mean it's that graphically movement really really good yeah. it's not like there's no blurring or weirdness no. to it it's it's like <laughs> it is very violent like they, know, they don't hold back yeah the violence. and they know where they want your eye to be and that's yeah. where they focus on it so she saves nia from this bad guy and she says hey um i want to take you in and help you a lot yeah and, and train you so you're like oh well assassin an assassin just sort of took an apprentice right yes yeah, which same. is a very we've seen that story before i mm-hmm. guess or we've seen a different sci-fi or uh different types of stories and things like that different genres so that kind of grounds a little bit of like 
oh, okay, I might have heard of this before and things like that. But then you're wondering, like, why? What, what is the motive here? You know? Yeah. And that's what it always is. It's like, why is the story being propelled in this direction? And Hickman sometimes doesn't always tell you that right away. You no. just kind of got to, I don't know, you got to kind of like ride with it. You gotta yeah. Just, you got to get really, really far into a Hickman story. So we always tell people, I always tell people, it's like, oh, you're reading Hickman? Yeah, just keep going. Just keep going. Exactly, because you, know? you turn you turn the next page, and we don't get to the bounty the to their story right away. We go back to the religion story of um, this egg, and they don't want they want to capture the egg, and um, it's going to bring like cataclysm, and these robots want to go after it, and destroy it for some reason. But uh, another cult just wants to protect it, and with. Um, with with their lives and things like that. So you're so you're reading this and uh, like a entity talks and all these th- weird above <laughs> and beyond things are happening and you're gonna have to read that maybe a, a couple times or you you kind of just absorb the art and maybe not pay attention too much to dialogue and maybe I've I've read a couple of reviews and one of uh, one of a YouTuber that I follow he's he commented and said. I didn't really, I, I was lost too. But then once I finished the book, I reread that part. Yeah. And it kind of made sense for him. Well, and the other thing too, is that you kind of have to think that if these civilizations are um, intelligence wise way ahead of us. Yeah. And they're thinking about things on a cosmic scale. Yeah. There really isn't much grounding for us to try to understand what's happening. Sure. So Hickman He's almost again, doing it on purpose. Yeah, like he kind of, again, keeps us really ambiguous and really keeps us in the dark. And there's pages where he explains things, but they're, it's in like some unknown language yeah, that we don't know. Right. So you're like, okay, uh, fine, yeah. that's cool. Like like doing a page of hieroglyphics and we're like, mm-hmm. thanks, Hickman. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I, think, uh, I think it just shows that somehow, somewhere, there are, there are bound to be civilizations that no one can understand you know you think about like star trek and star wars and things they always had the advantage that for some reason everyone was just understood but in in some of these you have to just take it as a grain of salt of like they're not gonna know anything sure it's gonna be a random civilization that no one understands absolutely and then we jump from this cosmic story to this other like how would you describe this this art style well <laughs> it's like a wash y- yeah i mean almost it, it goes like like real, a wash like it, they about? try to do it where it's at least stylized a little bit but it's almost like um like a rough sketch yeah you know and and that's the thing when the artwork is just rough then you focus more on the text yes and when there's a lot of text then it doesn't really matter what the art is sort of it's just sort of guiding it in your mind absolutely and maybe hickman's just sort of opening it up for people to just feel like their this interpretation isn't a super important part of the book yeah but you get the idea like this person's sitting that person's standing yeah and now they're that's mm-hmm. it he's like and what else do you want me this to explain? was like this store this part when i got to it i didn't quite understand what they were talking about but yeah. from what context i got out of it he seemed like he was because you go to a, a certain page it says the dreams of master morally yeah so i was getting it as maybe he's like a seer and he's foretelling what's going to happen and she kind of went to master morally the assassin went to master morally as just sort of a a place for us as the reader to understand that she's she does have emotion 
yeah. you know, she does have people she cares about. Right. And it's so kind of pros. He does kind of do like the pros thing where he just does text. Yeah. It's like two pages of, yeah, two pages. Um, and you might, you go like, is this important? This is not. Eh. Well, I, but you know, again, I'm going to go back to some people read Hickman top to bottom. I yeah. Mean, they just, every, all props every to that. Sentence, every word. Yeah. Uh, they just jump in and sure, you know, if you want to do that, it's like, it takes quite a bit of just suspending your belief into everything and just saying, this is the world now. This is Hickman's world right. now. And then like chapter six is a most uncommon and unexpected um, investment. And so that kind of just speaks to kind of what she is doing with her, her apprentice, Nia, and just kind of guiding her, telling her about, I can offer you better. I can help you. I've been in your predicament before. Um, people have helped me. And this is how I got here and I want to help you. Um, so it was very cool to just see that like master apprentice story. And I was like, okay, I can follow that. It's kind of Star wars in that aspect, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of go through along and you just kind of learn to invest in the characters. Those two characters, especially, you know, as they go on, they get introduced to the school. Uh, or oh, uh, even the school's name is, is the best. Um, yeah, the re-education of the deviants. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and then I noticed too they have like a picture here of like a black hole. Which yeah, is like I knew like what exactly how <laughs> a black hole like was in Interstellar and stuff. Oh, sure. You yeah. Know, so he's he's drawing from all sorts of heavy sci-fi, and and to me that's really cool that he can jump from superheroes to sci-fi to X-Men to yeah you know his own world back to the um uh house of x which re rewrote you know generations of storylines yeah the x-men absolutely so he you know he wants to put his touch on a little bit of everything but i think inherently he's a big sci-fi guy yes you know? yes i think wants. that's where his passions truly yeah. lie and, and creative storytelling a big thinker and a big big builder yeah um i just i appreciate all the, the characters that he built um even if they go on some interesting directions Oh yeah, so their their assassin guild basically is, um, so their assassin guild is called like the Sisterhood of Man, which is kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. you get to introduce like to all their classmates that are like aliens that they may speak their language or not. not. So many cool ideas and concepts, and you just kind of follow the story of of this uh, school of assassins and what their ultimate goal is. What they're how does it involve the egg? Um, and the cool twist at that at the end is is really interesting, and he kind of sets it up to where the story could keep going if he wanted to. Well, and I think a lot of people really get jazzed up about the idea of a galaxy spanning assassin, you know, like, yes, how good would you have to be? How skilled would you have to be to be a bounty hunter? across multiple worlds and address the stakes of that yeah like that's cool yeah and and people have always liked that sort of anti-hero idea and that's exactly what a bounty hunter is is like someone who can just jump from world to world and no matter what the new civilization is or the new circumstances just survive and still be a badass bounty hunter right um i think um, the the way they they created this book, they set it up, um, all the different art aspects. Even though it it does jump around 
listen to art a lot. I think it's still a very great experiment. Um, I do want to keep reading this series if he does want to continue it someday. <laughs> and well, and uh, it's rereadable. It know, is. That's the cool I think part. you could keep getting more and more out of it. Yeah, you can read it and you can go back and read it again a you know, month from now. Um, and, and, and that's to me, that's like a really great way to look at a, uh, a comic book run is like, would I want to dive into this again? Yeah. Um, what would I get out of it? Absolutely. And, you know, this is getting recognized right now as an Eisner Award nominated book. Um, is he so, planning on writing more of it? Or, um, I mean, it's his thing, right? I it haven't just, heard any recent updates. I know he has a new story coming out called Three Worlds, Three Moons with Michael Del Mundo and Mike Huddleston. He's going to put it out through um, Substack and maybe Image later. Um, I know he's going to promote it at C2E2, which is the big thing coming mm -hmm. up. So that's really cool to hear. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, yeah, it's it's really cool to see where he's kind of coming from it and just how um, how he's kind of grown as a writer and what, what he's willing to do to explore new ideas and creativity and stuff like that. And that's why exactly why I wanted to bring it onto the podcast was, you know, this is something that's new and fresh. It just came out this year. Yep. Um, you know, while people are thinking comics are heavy into the traditional superheroes, they are. But also there are writers who have so many stories in their head that don't really fit. This story does not fit into mainstream no superheroes it just does i think it's a good pal cleanser yeah um, especially if you're just reading the day-to-day -day, the dailies um new releases and things like that it's always good to take break and just see and read something that challenges you or just gives you a kind of a fresh perspective well and it shows you just how far a comic can go yeah you know like if you have an idea um or if you want to build your own universe uh this is this is how it's done Hickman's always been um, such a strong writer, and a lot of people have looked at him as, this is how you do it. This is how you build your own world. Yeah. Yeah. World like, building 101 with Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. <laughs> you could write up to this level, but you know what? This is the future for you. Right. Um, it's still a fun read. It, it's weird, but we love it. Um, I definitely encourage people to pick up this book and check it out and strap in for the ride. Decorum by De Jonathan Hickman. And that's been another great episode of Bam Pow Comic Hour with your hosts, Andrew Lonner and Chris Ramos. Signing off. Yeah.